0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the EMG Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Boyassi, and today I'm joined by Dario Shafaric, who is the chairman of Next Pharma Summit. Dario works with pharmaceutical companies on their marketing strategies and specializes particularly in work surrounding digital trends and innovation, where he can fulfill his passion for technology, cars and design. Hi, Dario. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah,
1: thank you, Sam. Thank you for having me here today.
0: Absolutely. I want to dive straight into one of my first questions for you, Dario. What inspired you to set up the next Pharma Summit back in 2018?
1: Uh, Well, I would say a quite common question. (laughs) And uh, where to start? Uh, So first of all, I'm coming from a small but quite bright country, which is uh, mainly known for sports and its beautiful coast, right? Uh, the Croatia coast is just amazing, by the way, and uh, to make it even more complex, I spend the majority of my life in a very tiny city called Chakovets with only 20,000 people in total, where I'm still living in, which makes the things quite complex and complicated, if I can say so. On the other hand, the life quality here is just amazing. Uh, however, uh, I would say that uh, just for the record, Croatia uh, historically had a very strong pharma industry, and uh, most probably, you even know that uh, one of the most famous antibiotics of all time uh, from Pliva, uh, azithromycin, is coming from Croatia. It's an uh, original Croatian uh, innovation. And uh, how I started Next Pharma Summit? Well, uh, luckily, I'm working for an in-pharma for more than 12 years. Uh, originally, I'm coming from the uh, pharma solution vendor side uh, with the company Mediasoft, who was founded by my father uh, back in ninety six. And the company is doing one of the most comprehensive pharma CRM solutions worldwide for already 24 years. We work with leading pharmaceuticals, more than 200 different pharma companies, etc. And uh, my position there is uh, global sales and marketing. And based on this position, I attended still I attended the biggest pharma conferences in US, in Europe, in Asia, etc. And uh, what bothered me for the last six to seven years, but not, of course, just me, but uh, also the pharma delegates, other solution vendors, etc., is that the concept in Europe of uh, pharma conferencing is somehow quite old-fashioned, to be, to be very frank and open. And uh, somehow the concept can be really defined like uh, squeezing the lemons, you know, there is no experience, we speak about old-fashioned topics, et cetera. Uh, So that's why I had this idea in my mind for the last four or five years to start an incremental new conference here in Europe, which will be very American uh, to be open, which will be very experience driven, uh, where up to date content uh, and context will will be delivered. And uh, so Next Pharma Pharma Summit started, which means uh, it started from idea out of a a passion. And uh, today we are among uh, Europe leading uh, pharma conferences. Uh, I really need to mention that uh, Next Pharma Summit uh, started like a platform, uh, like a a vision of uh, delivering best practices in pharma for the upcoming period and for the future. And I was very shocked that back in 2018, when we started the whole journey, we have been the first pharma conference in Europe who discuss use cases about blockchain. I mean, this technology in particular, uh, just as example was discussed in US, like uh, in 2015, you know, which means that this is just showing that pharma conferencing in Europe is really, really very old-fashioned, and that we we try to uh, trigger incremental changes and to speak about the upcoming technologies and futures, which will have a clear impact on pharma's commercial and medical.
0: Love that. Thank you for that background. And it's it's so nice to hear that Croatia not only has got such strong roots and background when it comes to pharmaceuticals, but also for anyone who does attend NEXT Pharma, it's a beautiful place to go for a conference, right? It's a nice location to do that in. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk to you about the current situation that we find ourselves in, because like many other events this year, you were impacted by the pandemic um, and you've chosen to go ahead virtually with the upcoming NEXT Innovation Summit. What were some of the challenges that you faced in adapting to this virtual event and making that decision?
1: Well, uh, very hard to answer, to be, to be really frank. Uh, maybe it's also important to mention that uh, when we started the whole journey with Next Pharma Summit and, uh, and the platform of doing an incremental pharma conference, uh, I really need to say that uh, we connected with some amazing people. Back in 2018, so I really need to mention uh, guys like heider Alec from Fairing, or David Heron from Teva, or V uh, from from BMS, uh, or Dirk Abel from Racket. I mean, those guys really supported us from the very beginning, and I consider those those uh, friends, if I can say so, uh, as core speaker group with whom we regularly consult with what to do, what are the next steps, etc. So, uh, it They're more than just speakers for us, to be frank. And uh, when the whole crisis with uh, COVID 19 uh, started uh, early this year, uh, first of all, we changed it. I mean, first of all, COVID really changed everything overnight, right? Initially, Next was scheduled for May 6th and 7th in amazing Dubrovnik. And we postponed that event already in March to end of September. At that time, the reaction on our decision was very mixed. And uh, I would say 50% of of attendees supported the idea of uh, postponing next to September, while 50% said it's really too early to postpone even because of COVID in March. You know, and uh, I believe it was the proper decision. Uh, then we enter at end of May, beginning of June. We saw that uh, the situation won't get any better this year. If you ask me, 2020 is a uh, is a canceled here, and uh, no live event will, will happen for sure and uh, therefore we had the idea to replicate a live event into a virtual one like anyone else is doing these days uh, however when we attracted speakers when we attracted uh, solution vendors as a very important stakeholder to the to the whole concept of of uh, doing events we really got a very negative feedback, if I can say so. And everybody shared their opinion that just replicating a live event into a virtual event is a mission impossible. Because no one, really no one is having like two, three, four days in a row to listen whole day to any kind of content and keynotes. And I fully agree with that because I also attended many virtual conferences and mainly you spent like one or two hours per day uh, to to listen to the most interesting keynote speakers, etc. Uh, So uh, at that point, we really got stuck and uh, we really didn't know what to do. We didn't want to just make a a replication of a life uh, into virtual. And somehow, I really don't know how, but uh, somehow we came to a very nice idea, which we call Next Innovation Week, which main purpose is from Monday to Friday, in particular from 28th of September to 2nd of October, to deliver selective content five days in a row, once again, from Monday to Friday, but per day to have only two sessions, one morning session and one afternoon session. And we pitched that idea among uh, the core speaker group. We pitched that idea among uh, solution vendors, and they really loved the idea, uh, which means that uh, we sold out the whole event within five days, 10 sessions in total, 10 hours of content from Monday to Friday I said, And based on the interest, and the hype and the positive feedback which we are having about the next Innovation Week, we will do also a US event, uh, mid of November. This is something what I can exclusively also announce here today. Uh, And this event is also already in very good shape and uh, we expect to to sell out also very fast in upcoming upcoming days, days and weeks. Which means that on bottom line, the idea is really to give selective content to the pharma community where we can speak about the latest trends about pharma commercial medical and uh, where we really are doing an even funkier event than uh, we, we do it with our live events so th- that's the main purpose of next innovation week to really purely speak about innovation the next uh, big things uh, in in healthcare and, and in pharma.
0: it's brilliant because i think often what happens to events and and even companies is they tend to just apply the same format that they were going to to this new virtual world that we live in so it's great to see that that wasn't going to be good enough for you and that you kind of listen to your speakers and to your network to really understand how you can deliver that content to them in a way that it's probably going to be resonating with them a lot more because you know we hear a lot about zoom fatigue at the moment and you're absolutely right in, in saying that not many people will be willing to spend a day or two staring at screens and listen to conferences so that's that's brilliant to hear. Um, I would be keen to find out a bit more about the event in particular. You know, you've already mentioned it's going to be a five-day virtual event. You've got some brilliant speakers lined up, I think, around 40 panellists, if not more. What topics are you most looking forward to being discussed? Uh,
1: Well, I also need to mention that the event itself will be free to attend for pharma delegates. So we don't charge any uh, any, uh, ticket fees, which is, I think, also quite revolutionary. Uh, why we decided uh, so is that actually uh, I think that we really need to collaborate and exchange knowledge. So that is why uh, to charge like 300 or even more US dollars or euros for, for tickets for virtual conferences just doesn't work. So we, we took the different path and I believe it, it will be a very successful one. Uh, coming back to your question, uh, digital is definitely the most hyped word uh even more hype than COVID in, in our industry, and uh, everybody just speaking about this digital transformation, which was triggered by COVID, right? Uh, currently, we are co-creating the titles, and uh, frankly, the word digital is included in absolute every every title. Uh, on one side, this really makes me happy, since it proves that our initial inten- intention to design a pharma event where mainly commercial medical topics are discussed but embedded with technology and digital is part uh, of of technology, uh, is is quite crucial. So that's why I believe that uh, digital will will definitely be the most discussed topic during next Innovation Week, not only in Europe, but also in our US edition, definitely. So uh, we will discuss what are the digital transformation uh, challenges which uh, we faced, what are the best use cases. Uh, how this has a direct impact on pharma commercial activities on, on general digital health development, uh, medical side, medical affairs, patient engagements, etc. So the digital uh, ecosystem is really becoming very big and, and wide. and So that's why this is the definite keyword for, for next innovation week uh, this year's virtual
0: yeah. Yeah. You, you've mentioned there, you know, digital and virtual engagement uh, will be some of the key topics that speakers will be talking about. But how important has it been for pharma to really fully embrace the new methods of digital engagement, especially during the pandemic?
1: Well, first, uh, how do you define digital? Uh, I would say ask 10 people and you'll get 12 answers. True. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) Many would state that digital innovation or any kind of digital has been triggered during the COVID crisis. Uh, Frankly speaking, I really disagree with that statement since digital initiatives are significant in pharma for a couple of years already. The only difference is that the number of use cases are growing and media is also much more focused on on such use cases and the potential of the whole digital ecosystem. Uh, I would say take a generic example. For instance, Zoom is uh, is is doing is Zoom, for instance, a, a new innovation. No, this technology is around the corner for years. But not nowadays, we embrace this technology and everybody is, is Zooming or or doing Teams, etc. So it's not incremental technology. We just speak about uh, these technologies more and, of course, the use cases and the penetration rate is, of course, much, much bigger than it was uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, now we come to the most interesting part, uh, of our so-called slow industry, like uh, pharma is uh, in many cases called. Uh, somewhere in March, when individuals claimed that there is a big probability of uh, a COVID-19 vaccine uh, until the end of this year, uh, majority say that it's impossible. And uh, now we have three serious players who will ensure that uh, by end of this year, most probably will have a vaccine. And this really shows that uh, human working side by side with technology together, are uh, really uh, fast-reacting and uh, working on incremental solutions uh, much faster than it was uh, possible just uh, years ago. And uh, this is just one example how we accelerated things uh, where humans working together with technology are making dramatic dramatic improvements. And in particular, pharma and digital are accelerating a lot, uh, which means that uh, digital is, in my opinion, the catalyst of a new era within the pharma industry, and we see many internal lab spin-offs in Novartis uh, or Almiral, Almiral or some other pharma companies, where big pharma is trying to act uh, very startupish, and digital health is included in almost every single process these days, from drug development till patient till patient engagement. So uh, that's why I would say that this is the biggest. Uh, biggest uh, technology revolution. We just get started uh, because the biggest, I would say, fourth industrial re- revolution will just start with uh, with the rise of AI. And uh, still, AI is, I would say, uh, unexplored field because uh, the infrastructure is uh, not in proper shape. We still don't have 5G. We still don't have enough com- computing power. Uh, the, 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 I said the infrastructure is still just growing, and once we reach that the preliminary infrastructure is set, I would say that this will be the biggest trigger in in human, uh, humankind, and uh, pharma will also just join this wave of incremental evolution. Uh, we see, as said, many use cases, digital health startups, spots uh, are just pioneering this way, and uh, we will see the full potential in upcoming years, definitely for sure.
0: Definitely. And as you said, it's just it's just the beginning, right? But I think it's also fair to say that perhaps the pandemic did accelerate um, some of the kind of embracing of those new uh, solutions, et cetera. But, just but- to say, I mean,
1: uh, sorry to interrupt, but just to say we also see pure technology companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, or Apple are also entering in pharma and life science, right? Which means that... Uh, they are acting like startups and things really are changing incrementally fast and uh, they are changing altogether with the technology. Technology is really uh, dramatically changing day by day.
0: Absolutely. Uh, How can we ensure though that, I think this is something that I, I keep asking myself because I, I do, to a certain extent, worry that once all of this is over and we go back to how things used to be, that we forget all the amazing things that we did learn. How can we ensure that those lessons about virtual engagement during the pandemic are not lost in the future post-COVID world? Uh,
1: so, first of all, uh, humans are forgetting the things, the bad things, very, very easily, and. Uh, We really speak already about the COVID, -COVID, post-COVID era, but uh, I think we are quite far away because we have autumn, we have winter who is approaching, and without a vaccine, it will be very tough and quite dramatic. Uh, That's why uh, I said humans very easily forget bad things. And uh, it's very interesting, actually, that uh, just as an example, during the Spanish flu, uh, the, the rules and mechanisms to flatten the curve have been very similar to this COVID time. So we speak about lockdowns, uh, mentor, face masks, social distancing, etc. And uh, the question is, did people afterwards stop to socialize or or, uh, did they act incrementally different like before the Spanish flu? I would say that it takes some time to go back to normal and uh, for sure some things will stay, especially in the digital sphere. Uh, So that's why we have to call things with real names and not just putting them in fancy and shiny packages, right? Uh, In my personal opinion, a very, very good example uh, these days is the remote work. Uh, Best ideas in history happen during collaboration and when the magic flows between face-to-face human interaction. So many tech companies these days are, are doing some great marketing with allowing remote work. Uh, but once this is over, I really doubt that their expensive and shiny offices will be empty. Uh, I just read the news that Facebook or Google will allow uh, remote work till mid of next year. Uh, so I think that this is just a trend these days. And once we are really going back, to, once we will go back to normal, things will really uh, be mainly and purely normal as they, as they were. Uh, The biggest changes, however, I see in the way how we we deliver the interaction and the experience towards our customers. So there will be for sure some changes when we speak about the pharma, commercial, medical sphere. And in my opinion, the biggest changes will definitely be a transition from brand centricity to customer centricity, definitely, even inside pharma. Uh, I also think that the uh, transition, that there will be a transition from the omni channel approach, which is is already implemented for a while in our industry, uh, which will go to somehow uh, for orchestrating experience in the whole engagement ecosystem with our customers. Uh, Also, I think that we will have a change from linear to circular business logic and definitely a big shift from top down decision making to creating authenticity and that brands are really uh, much more authentic towards customers and trying to be very unique and different uh, than, than they are so on bottom line we speak about the big transition in digital but also in commercial medical from from uh, doing things uh, not just in a quantity way but also much more in quality way and this is something what maybe our industry lacked in the in the, in the past and uh, On bottom line, the learned lessons during COVID will stay in pharma for sure, uh, because uh, industries take the path, uh, the industry take the path, and I believe that it will stay for sure. And uh, also, the main question, which no one is asking, is uh, what the doctors will, will like to do in the future, right? Because according to recent studies, according to Sinus Health, uh, currently, uh, 48% of acps express their interest in attending virtual events. Why? Because there is no alternative for the time being. But we'll see what will happen in the future. Uh, in my personal opinion, I really doubt that HCPs want to attend virtual instead of live events uh, in 2021, 22, or once the, the whole uh, crisis with COVID uh, finished. So I said, I would say that. Approaches, the takeaways, the lessons learned will also remain in the way as our customers also want that they remain. So this is, I would say, the, the killer definitely.
0: Definitely, and I do agree with you on the point about HCPs probably not just wanting to rely on virtual events. You know, We've spoken to a few ourselves um, through our network, and we've really found that it's the networking element, and it's the camaraderie and the peership uh, at these congresses and these events that really attract HCPs to attending. Um, And I think that's really an element that sometimes in these virtual events that you can miss uh, from a HCP perspective, and the exchange of information and dialogue, etc. So yeah, that's a really, really good point that I do agree with that. Um, I do have more of a a personal question for you, Dario, because between maintaining your career in marketing and also being the chairman of Next Pharma Summit, you still find time for your home life and interests. So how do you manage your time and maintain a healthy work-life balance?
1: Uh, well, good question. So, first of all, uh, I started a podcast with mentioning that I live in a very tiny city, uh, in Croatia, <laughs> which is uh, quite beneficial because, uh, for commuting, it, it takes just five minutes from my home, uh, from my house to Brilliant. which is, I mean, even during traffic, <laughs> it's <about laughs> five minutes maximum time, which gives really a lot of advantages, especially when you have to take the kids from the kindergarten, etc. Uh, my personal life. In overall, is I would say quite brilliant. I'm um, having a lovely fam- family. Uh, I said uh, first of all, my father, who is also, if I can say so, my role model because he really achieved something quite amazing. Uh, he started a technology company which is uh, very famous worldwide, which is quite hard, frankly speaking, from a country which is not a, a synonym for high tech or doing anything uh, significantly in, in the past. So I said, Croatia is mainly known for great uh, athletes and and a beautiful, beautiful sea, right? Um, I'm also married to set, having wonderful wife, Petra, uh, two amazing children, Franca, five years, and David, uh, three years old. And uh, family life is definitely very important. Uh, I try to spend as much as possible time with the family uh, on the sea, uh, doing different types of activities, and of, also to transfer the knowledge, right? Uh, which Which I have in, in some ways, to, to the kids, because they're never too young to learn the good things in life, right? Uh, I'm also a big fan of, of any kind of sports. So I'm I'm boxing, uh, which is really a very good stress therapy. Uh, I'm also playing a lot of tennis with my friends and, uh, of course, football, which is a national sport, if I can say so, in, in Croatia, uh, same like in UK. So I would say the most important elements in life are definitely family, uh, sports, uh, friendships, right to socialize and uh, work for sure. So if you if you have a balanced life in those four categories, I would say you can really have a very very happy life. So
0: beautifully summarized. Thank you for that. And finally, could you share one standout lesson you've learned from your time as chairman of the Next Farm Summit?
1: Well, very hard to say. <laughs> uh, maybe that uh, hard times create opportunities for those who search and want, and uh, I think that this is also uh, the explanation of the event industry these days. It's really a very hard year for the, for the event industry, uh, luckily I'm having some other sustainable businesses as well, so that's why I can do some things in, in the next Pharma Summit, uh, like the free tickets, etc., which I couldn't do without other businesses which I, which I, which I own. Uh, so from that perspective, it's it's quite good. But uh, you know, you learn day by day, and uh, when you when you collaborate with such amazing persons in in the whole healthcare system, it's it's really just a pleasure to work and to grow day by day. So this is, I would say, the the biggest challenge to uh, go to to bed and say today I'm a better person than than yesterday. So I would say that this is the definition of success.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sharia. I have certainly learned a lot and I'm so looking forward to attending the event. So thank you again for joining me and I really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much. And uh, please stay negative.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Please do make sure you're back again next week for another episode of the EMG Gold Podcast. Stay safe and take care.